0: Last week, if you guys uh, were here, I talked about what is the church, And I actually quoted that scripture out of Matthew. And we need and, and here's where I want to help, because I, I want you to know, I've had this mentality about church myself, so I know how easy it is to think and feel this way, especially uh, if you, you know have been in the church long enough, like me. You've had some good times, and you've had some bad times, right? You've had some ups, and you've had some downs. It's really like a family, yeah? You know, isn't there some family members that, uh, you know, maybe you really don't want to talk to sometimes, you know what I mean? And then there's other family members, you know, that you love dearly. The, The church is just like a family, you know, and I have family members here, and I do love you, Gary, so please know that I, you know, you're not one of those that I don't like to talk to. But really, I want to change. I want to help change your thinking, because I thought this way before, and, and here it is. Me and them. That when you walk into this kind of church setting, that there's immediately this me and all them. And by the way, there is nowhere in scripture that divides up the church and says that there's all these separate groups of the church. In fact, you know, constantly the Bible refers to it as kind of this one thing. And today I'm going to talk about how, uh, you know, it was even spoken, Jesus spoke about it being like a body. You know, I am Matthew. I am all one person, but yet I have different parts of me that do different things. And I want to help the mentality. And I've had it myself that I walk into a church setting and immediately I position myself as, well, there's all of them, right? There's the leadership, there's the pastors, there's the really highly spiritual people, and then there's me. No, there is one church. And guess who that is? You. The second we come together. The moment we all gather, where it says where two or three are gathered, so am I in your midst. There is no hierarchy of who is more spiritual and who is less spiritual. There is no who is more important in the kingdom of God and who is less important in the kingdom of God. There is none of that. Just because I have a title in front of my name, all that says is my function. That's all it says is, It's Pastor Matthew is only saying, this is how I operate in my giftings and in my calling. That is it. I am not, you know, spiritually above you and you are somehow spiritually less than me. The same Holy Spirit that lives inside of me lives inside of you and you are the church. And this is where I want to start changing this mentality of, oh, church is that place. Church is somehow this building, or church is somehow really that spiritual, holy group of people, and they got it all together. I'm going to tell you right now, I do not have my crap together at all. And if we were in maybe a little bit personal setting, I'd even use a stronger word to explain to you, I don't have my stuff together either, I am coming here, hopefully that we can, you know, as iron sharpens iron, you know, and lift each other up and encourage each other. I want you to know I come here to be filled just like you. I wake up some mornings and I do not want to get out of bed either. Right? But the fact that I got to get up here and preach in front of you is a really great motivator to get out of bed on a Sunday morning. But what I do is no more important than what, you know, is happening in the back or someone standing at the door or the worship team up here in front or even the interaction between, you know, one saint and another saint. There is nothing different. God looks at all of those as the function of the church. And when he looks at the church, he sees people. I do want to share one quick story of a positive, you know, I I kind of shared a little bit of of negative last week when I was sharing about the church, but I do have some positive stories about the church. I actually found most of my lifelong friends in church, some of my greatest friends that, that no matter where we go. No matter where we go or, or how far we go without seeing each other, I consider them closer than a brother, closer than a sister to me. That it doesn't have to do, you know, with, uh, well, you know, this is just a certain group. And, you know, church, church brought those people into my life, and I am eternally grateful for that. It's where I found my calling, Church, being involved in church and serving, I started in children's ministry. It was the very first thing I ever, ever did was serving youth. And I got involved in the children's ministry. I had never met a man who was a children's pastor. And the very first guy who mentored me looked like he could have been a fireman. In fact, he had the flat top and everything. (laughs) And this guy walked around, and I'm telling you, it was just blew my mind because I thought, wow, here's this young guy who looks like he should be out there fighting fires, and he's in here ministering to children. I said, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to be. And it was because of the church, you guys, that I have these great memories, that I even have these great relationships. I don't want to necessarily get into the negative at this time because I did share last week, you know, of some of the hurts and pains and things like that. But I also, there was great times too. And I don't want to just focus on just, you know, just the negative stuff. But I do want to talk today about the church as a body. So if you guys would open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to be reading out of the um, New Living Translation So, in case you're following along on your apps or something like that. But uh, New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to start in verse 12. The church as the body. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with me, the body of Christ. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews. Some of us are Gentiles. Some of us are slaves. Some of us are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. But if the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not the hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not the eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? I love it. He's making a joke here. It's funny. <laughs> I mean, can you, aren't you picturing this giant eyeball rolling around right now? Yeah. Yeah. If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. Have any of you ever stubbed your toe? Yeah? Okay. I, we, I don't know why, but my toe always meets the metal part under my bed every single time I walk in because I have to kind of make this sharp left to where, to where my bed is. And I hit that you know, wheel thing right there, that metal part. And can I tell you, I forget about my toes. I don't know about you, I don't think about my toes, but I sure know it's there in that moment. And I sure know when I'm hobbling around the house how useful my big toe is, right? So Paul's kind of even alluding to this fact that, listen, don't think that the person standing you know, out greeting you is somehow less important because let me tell you this, take that person out of the equation, nobody's greeting at the door, all of a sudden we become a different type of church, amen, right? In fact, so starting again in 22, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable, honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together Such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony amongst the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, listen to this, you guys. If one part suffers, then all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, then all parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First, the apostles. Second, are prophets. Third, are teachers. Then those who do miracles. Those who have the gift of healing. Those who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership. And those who speak in unknown languages. Are you hearing what Paul is saying? There is not one of you that is somehow less important. There is not one of you that is not needed. And I hear too many times people who are a part of a church they walk in and they say well what who who needs me? You know, and again that something happens in their mind where it starts to become us and them, me and them. Well, there's all of them and then there's me. No. And I need your help. I need your help. I want our church to make every single person who walks in that door feel that way and I need your help. You are the church. Can we make every single person who walks in feel just as important as anybody else? And that's gonna require, you guys, connection. That's gonna require relationship. That's gonna require stepping out of our comfort zones and getting to know somebody. So I do have some notes. If you are a note taker or you just like having notes, and uh, did all of you get a uh, handout? If anybody doesn't have one, you raise your hand and we'll, we'll, we'll get you one. But uh, I got little notes here, especially on our bulletin. But let me explain to you the body of Christ. The strength of the body is in our diversity. The strength of the body is really in us all being different. You know, Paul says, some of you are Jews, some of you are Gentiles. Some of you come from completely different backgrounds. One of the things that I appreciated about, uh, about my heritage, on my father's side, uh, we, uh, I have an Italian heritage literally uh, just a couple generations back. Uh, my great-grandparents were all born in Palermo, Sicily. And they came over and the whole Ellis Island thing and, you know, all that stuff. Even our last name changed. I found out that really my uh, Italian last name is D'Agusta, The D with the little, you know, thing, uh, you know, Augusta. And what's funny is some people call me Augusta, and I always correct them. No, 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 it's Augusto. And they've actually been saying it right the whole time. <laughs> they go, Mr. Augusta? And, you know, I go, no, oh, it's Augusto. Well, that's what, I don't know why, but that's what it got changed to when we came here. But what I loved about my family was they, they did such an amazing job of of holding on to our Italian heritage, but also becoming Americans too. My grandparents and my great-grandparents loved being Americans. They loved it. But we didn't lose our, our Italian heritage, our Italian spice, our Italian you know, passion. We still had raging parties. We still ate like kings, you know what I mean? I, I love, you know, and I, I feel like, because uh, I've known... Uh, you know, Mexicans too. I feel like the, the similarity of Mexicans and Italians, we could be the poorest people on earth, but you will never go hungry in a Mexican family and an Italian family. I, I, I don't know how that happens, but you know, my grandparents were not wealthy people, but there was food falling out of everywhere. My, my Nana, uh, I would literally eat a whole meal and she would say, Oh, Matthew, you look too skinny. Let me go get you more food. And I would be like, you've got to be crazy. I can't fit any more food in my body. But I loved the fact that they were proud of who they were, but they also loved integrating into my, my uh, great-grandmother, who her first uh, language was uh, Italian. She then obviously learned English, but she picked up Spanish. She actually spoke Spanish j- probably better than she even spoke English. And to be honest with you, people probably you know were like, where are you from? Wow, you, you know, you speak Spanish really, really well, but because she spoke Italian first and e- it was easy for her. But they loved integrating, they loved being a part, they loved saying, hey, uh, we're, we're this, but what are you? And, and I wanna learn your you know, background. That's the church, you guys, think about it. Think about it for, for a second. I mean, I, I know, I, I'll be honest, our, our church could use a little bit more color here, right? We could, we could use a little bit more diversity, yeah? Um, but I do love the fact that the church as a whole, the church as a whole is all-encompassing. It says, come one, come all. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? We're not a club. We're not a, okay, you have to meet this criteria. You have to look this way or you have to come from this background. That is not the church. The church is all-encompassing. We all become one body. The strength of the body is in our diversity, in our origins, in our backgrounds. It's also in our different giftings, the diversity of our giftings. Listen, each, if you don't know this, each and every single one of you have a gifting, if not more than one. Every single one of you have the gifting, have giftings given from God. God does that on purpose so that when we come together, everybody has something to bring to the table. So I'm asking you right now, if you don't know what that is, I want you to take this month and I want you to seek God for that answer. And I want you to even, you know, ask around because I'll bet you, you start asking people, hey, what are some of my gifts and talents? You're gonna have people tell you. Dude, you are so good at. I'm gonna pick on my friends, the Fonda Caros for a moment. They have the gift of hospitality, all right? We have had some amazing, amazing times hanging out at their house hanging out at Sal and Karen's house. It was almost became a weekly ritual. In fact, we stopped even being invited over, and we would just invite ourselves over. One, the door was never locked, and they were always there. They were always there. We loved it. It just felt, and they have, and by the way, every time we walked in through the door, even unannounced, it was, oh, Matt, Sheila, it's so good to see you. It was never like, uh, what are you doing here? They, literally, they really do have the gift of hospitality. And I've talked with them, and I've spent time with them, and they've even said, we love opening up our home for things. We love having things. Am I right, Sal? Yeah. We love having you know, things at our house. I, I'm, just, I'm pointing them out just to say, every single one of you has something. You do something well, and and let me tell you, when you start operating and moving in your gifts and in your talents and the things that you are passionate about, you actually start blessing other people. We have been so blessed. Sheila and I are the people we are today because of Sal and Karen. When there was a time we were so alone, when there was a time that we just felt like we knew nothing, Sal and Karen were there for us. Sal and Karen fed us. They did so much for us. They were family And they were the church, is what was amazing. And nobody told them they had to do that. No pastor sat them down and said, will you look out for Matt and Sheila? But no, you know what I mean? It was just, it was what was inside of them. Sheila and I are who we are today because of a couple like Sal and Karen. And let me tell you something. All of you can be that for someone else. Amen? All of you have gifts and talents to bring. Number two, the strength of the body is in in our connection, in our connection, relationships, you guys. Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so a man or a woman sharpens the countenance of their friend. As iron sharpens iron. Listen, it takes two pieces of iron to come together to sharpen each other. We need each other. We need each other because when I'm out there by myself, I'm going to let you know my mind starts running wild and rampant, and I start believing all of these falsehoods and all of these lies and all of these things. But when I come together with the church family, someone is always there to encourage me and tell me the truth, not the lies that I seem to believe that you know are in my own head. We need each other because when we're together, we. We sharpen each other and we lift each other up. We shouldn't neglect the meeting. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to act of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage, there's that word again, encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I would say the same thing to you. Don't neglect us getting together. Why? Because first of all, I need you. I need you. I need someone to come and tell me, Matt, you got a booger hanging out of your nose. You know, Matt, you know, you, 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 know, you got this in your teeth. Or just to simply encourage me and say, hey, you know what? You're doing all right, buddy. Keep up the good work. And for you as well. When we're in here together, you have an opportunity for the Lord to come and encourage you and to lift you up. I don't know about you, but boy, the weak can beat you down and make you feel low and break you. But when we come together, we encourage each other. We lift each other up. That's why we say, come to church. That's really the reason. God cannot use you to encourage or be encouraged if we're not meeting together. Also, to bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6.2 says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. There's this, there's this concept of rehab and recovery, right? Rehab and recovery, it's, it's when you take someone who's, who's broken and and someone who's sick and someone, you know, um, it's, it happens in sports all the time that, that you know, if, if a football player breaks his legs or something like that, he has to go through rehabilitation and recovery before he can be put back in the game. But what you don't see on the football field is there is a whole staff of people that are dedicated for the rehabilitation and recovery of a sports person. There is a whole staff of them. You don't get to see them often, but they're there and they're vital, right? They are vital because if that star player doesn't get back in the game and get back to doing what he is good at, then that team is going to lose. That team is going to have a void, you know, that is there. And by the way, any of you who are football fans or baseball fans or any sports fans, how heartbreaking is it when that one person on the team who, you know, is just so talented and so good, you know, they're out, you know, you're like, "Oh my gosh, they're out." And but what you don't see is the time and the people to get that person back to being in top physical form. That's the church, you guys. The church should be a rehabilitation and and, and recovery place. And some of you have that gifting. Some of you are those people. And if you feel that that is you, I would love to hear from you. And I would love to get you all together and and start thinking about how we can help people get from feeling, you know, being pulled out of the game to back in the game and back performing at their, you know, their very best. Another thing, you guys, is the strength of connection is let's talk. Let's talk. Isaiah 1.18 says, come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though, though they are red as crimson, they shall be as what? This is actually uh, Isaiah. Uh, the Lord is actually speaking through Isaiah to his people. And he's saying, listen, you've abandoned me. You've, you've, you've broken our covenant together. You've, you've sinned against me. But even God is saying to his people, come, let's reason together. Let's come back. Let's, let's work through all of that. Let's get back to a place of where we were. That is what I am encouraging you guys. If you have something against somebody, instead of just saying, I'm done, instead of just saying, at least give the opportunity to say, you know what? Let's come and reason together. I feel, and you can test me on this, I feel like I'm a pretty reasonable guy. I really do want the success of every single one of you. But we need to come. We need to gather. We need to connect. We need to fellowship and we need to talk. We need to talk. And I, I get it. Some of us are you know, a little better talking than others. Some of us don't, I don't like to talk. But at least let us come and reason together as God even has come and reasoned with his people, the Israelites. The strength of the body is in the head. Colossians 1.18 says, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his holy body. He is, in, he is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. Listen, you guys, without the head, there is no direction. Without the head, there is no church. Without the head, there is no body. It is important that Christ is the center, you guys, of every single thing that we do. Every single thing that we do, Christ needs to be the center of it. And also to understand that, that we, don't, we don't have a mind of our own. And I, and I want to explain that to you. I don't mean that we walk around and, and we're robots. But Isaiah 55.8 says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. We need to understand that just because we think a certain way, or just because we believe a certain thing, that that doesn't necessarily mean it always aligns with God. And that as a Christian, that as the body of Christ, we should always be coming and said, okay, despite what, how I feel, despite what I think right now, what does the word of God say? What are his ways? And if we're always coming to that point, then we'll be able to be used as the body of Christ. So here it is, as I'm wrapping up. The challenge, here's the challenge for you. This is what I'm asking of every single one of you. Every single one of you. And some of you have already taken this, I've already heard stories of some people. I said this last week, and I'm gonna say it again. Three things that I am going to challenge you as the church, as specifically City Church to do. Are you ready? Be relational. Get to know people so that you can bear one another's burdens be relational. I know this for a fact, that there is somebody in this room that has something to offer somebody else in this room. But the only way you're going to be able to find that out is if you put yourself out there and you start getting to know people. Sheila and I, if we had never gotten to know the Fonda Carlos, would have never ever reaped the blessing and reward that having a relationship would have. And that to this day, we were 20 years old when we met them. And they are still in our lives today. They're precious, precious people to us. But they stepped out. They, we didn't necessarily you know, seek them out. They stepped out and started inviting us over and started, I mean, they just did it. They just wanted to be relational. Number two be present. Be present. Don't miss out on an opportunity for you to be encouraged or for you to encourage somebody else. Don't miss out. That is why we say let's gather together. That is why the Bible says, you know, where two or more are gathered, so the presence of God is. And by the way, that does not mean that when you're driving alone in your car that God is not there. But when somebody else, the minute you put another person involved, you instantly add another gifting. You instantly add another you know, person, another part of the body in the mix. And then the next, these two people are starting to be able to pour into each other. So don't forsake the fellowship of the saints. Don't forsake the meeting. Don't forsake the getting together. It's not just something to check off. It's so that we can build. It's an opportunity to build relationship with each other. And number three, this is it. My last challenge for you. Will you just be open? Will you just be willing to say, God, use me? Show me how I can be used. Show me you have a part to play. You are a part of the body. Ask God, if you don't know, ask God, what is my part? What is my part? So that we can build God's kingdom here on earth. I cannot, and I will not do it by myself. I will not do it by myself. I need you. I need you. And I'm asking, will you come and be a part of the body of Christ? And will you kind of take a leap of faith with me? Can we pray? Can I pray for you? Father God, I pray that you would reveal to us how we can be used by you, how can we can bless each other, how we can encourage each other. And Lord, I know there's people in here that need to be encouraged. The Holy Spirit, would you move through us so that we would reach out? Forgive us, Lord God, forever, ever, ever saying, well, that person's not approachable or that person's too different from me or that person even speaks a different language than me. Forgive me, Lord, because nothing is impossible with you. Nothing is impossible with you. So Father, I just pray that you would unite us as a body. I rebuke division. I rebuke Satan's attacks upon us. I pray healing. I pray restoration. And I just wanna ask this one question. If there is anybody and you would say, you know what, I have never ever actually been a part of the body of Christ. I've never ever accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. I would say, you know what, today is the opportunity for you to do that. And if you wanna do that, all you simply have to do, would you just raise your hand? Would you look at me so that I can acknowledge the, the decision that you are making? The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth, that if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, then you will be saved. Then you will be saved. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your love for us. Lord, help us. Lord, we want to do your will. We want to grow this body, but Lord, it's gonna take us all working together to show us how to do that. And Lord, I pray that every single person here would feel important, would feel a part, that there would be no more me and them, that it would be us, that it would be the church, that it would be the body. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.